This is Cultivate a Good Life, episode 57, Five Life Lessons in a Year of Podcasting. Hey, hey, welcome back. I'm Becky Higgins, and with me is my friend and my co-host, and soulmate, love of your life, inspiration, <laughs> the wind beneath your wings, partner in crime. I don't know what our ride crimes. or die. Oh yes, Ooh. ride or die. Mm. Mm. I, like I don't know what one. crimes we would be committing. Oh, I know one. Can we just address the elephant in the room right now? What is that? <laughs> what crime have you committed? <laughs> it would be the crime that you committed. What? I just need an apology. <laughs> right now for being so attractive (laughs) I will not apologize I needed a sincere apology for the fact that you had a bite of my most delicious casserole two nights ago and literally spit it in the trash I'm kind of hurt I know it's really the first time that she's deeply loved something that I deeply hated but you could have swallowed no but literally you know I don't spit food in the trash no that's why I'm so hurt it was that gross (laughs) I feel so bad saying that because I know it has so many heartstrings, but I could not swallow it. And it's not that you cooked it bad. It's just the flavor profile is one that I'm just not. That's a gentle way to put it. The flavor profile. I think the preparation was exceptional. Thank you. And I hated it so much. (laughs) The the preparation was exceptional and the history, the casserole is even better. Are you tearing up for real? (laughs) Are you laughing, tearing, or are you really having sad feelings that I don't like cooked? This casserole had little bits of cooked green peppers. I don't know. I love green peppers. I liked grilled green peppers. I like fresh green peppers. I just don't like them combined with anything else because it makes the whole dish taste like a green pepper. Here's what we're going to do. We are going to include my recipe page for this chicken noodle casserole in the show notes. Okay. Okay. So everyone, you're welcome. Check Mm -hmm. the show notes, which are always found on the blog at beckyhiggins.com. Okay. And sometime after this episode airs, we are going to invite a little poll in my stories is what's going to happen after some of you have had a chance to make it and you're Mm going to give me a thumbs up or a thumbs down because I'm telling you right now, it's not just a childhood favorite that I've enjoyed every Christmas Eve my entire life. But it is just straight up delicious. And Becky is crazy out of her mind for throwing yeah. it in the tr- throwing her bite from I'm her mouth into the trash. Know. I think green peppers, you know how people talk about cilantro and they're like, either people love, love, yes. love it or hate, hate, hate it. Okay. And I love, love, love cilantro. Mm-hmm. Um, I think green peppers might be like that. Okay. Cooked green peppers in casseroles. A very polarizing food yes. item. That's fine. Okay. So we've addressed it. You know, my feelings sorry. are hurt, but I there genu- it is. You I said genuinely I'm sorry. am so sorry that I didn't <laughs> like it. You cannot like something. You just spitting it in the trash. Like that was hurtful. I'm deeply hurt. Was it like I pounded your soul a little bit when a I just. A little bit. It's I'm fine. Sorry. Here's I, the good news. I can... It would have been worse if I vomited it up on your <laughs> island and then you would have had to clean okay, it. Okay, here's the good news is that we are celebrating one year of the podcast. Happy birthday to us. Happy podcast anniversary, Beck. I am so excited. I can't believe the year has gone by. I don't even know how that's Yet, possible. I can also say I could not imagine my life not podcasting now. Mm, no, really. Like for real. For real, for real. So we have a lot to share, particularly five life lessons that we have learned in a year of podcasting that we feel 
are very applicable to you. So before we do that, a couple of things. We're going to do a quick iTunes review. So you want to read this one back? You bet I do. Okay. It comes um, from... I'm super excited <laughs> because the name of the person is Water in the Valley of Cornfields. I love that. Beautiful. I love that. What a fancy name you have. What does she say? Do you think that's her real name? Her, Water her Valley in the name? Cornfields? Yes. Water Valley in the, the middle, last name Cornfields? Yes, I do. Mrs. I think Cornfields? that is her given legal okay. name. Uh, she says, new review. I just listened to the latest podcast. Can I just say wow with an exclamation point? Maybe 400 exclamation points. Your points are very well taken. And thank you for sharing so many insights that you learned at BYU Education Week. For those of us living east of the Mississippi, BYU Education Week is a little out of reach. So thank you for sharing. As I was driving and listening to the podcast, I almost wish that I could have had a pen and paper to write down all the thoughts, ideas, and inspirations that flooded my mind as you were both sharing and speaking from the heart. I've been listening to your podcast since the very beginning. I will tell you that this podcast is probably my favorite with Marilee Boyack being second and Macy Robison being third. Two great women there. Mm-hmm. Not that I have favorites. I, you can have favorites. You it's can okay. totally have favorites. You ladies share some real insight and I see that you both have changed so much over the last few months mm. and have become more real and tried to change things within yourself that in turn are helping you and your family. What a great example. I want that for me. Thank you so much for all that you share and your efforts. What a thoughtful review. I love it. Because she can just take that for herself and the things that she's learning. But the fact that we're all just sisters here helping a sister out, I love that she's acknowledging something that we both have been through, which is a lot of change and evolution in our personal lives. So thank you very, very much, Water Valley in the Cornfields. Water Valley in the Cornfields. <laughs> and I, I love what you said because... Truly at the heart of it, we love this work, but I love what this kind of work does for me and my Mm -hmm. life, which is why we want to share it with you is because it's genuinely helpful. Very much. But first, let's hear a quick word from this week's sponsor. Unless you've been hiding under a rock, you've not only heard about the Project Life app, but you've downloaded it too. If you're actively using it, even better. If you still need to download it, no worries. Just search for Project Life and get the app downloaded on your iPhone, iPad, or Android device now and free. The Project Life app is a game changer when it comes to actually doing something with your photos, especially those sitting on your phone at this very minute. Don't feel guilty. Get excited. I promise it's crazy easy to create simple pages that bring your photos and written memories together right there on your mobile device. It's incredible, really. And the only thing better is actually getting those pages printed. Those pages should not be stuck on your phone, my friend. They are meant to be held in your hands and enjoyed by your family and loved ones too. Lucky for you, the ease and convenience of printing happens directly in the Project Life app. It's honestly a dream come true because not only is it super simple to tap your way through the ordering process, but the quality of the printed pages and photo books is second to none. I speak from personal experience. If you've never printed through the app, be prepared to love it so much. And guess what? It's our birthday month all October long. 10 years for Becky Higgins, the company, and a whole year for this podcast. And one way that we are celebrating with you is offering 15% any print order and all of your print orders through the Project Life app. Sales are rare through the app. Trust me on this. So don't miss this chance. At checkout, enter the code BHBIRTHDAY15. And of course, the magic happens right there in the app. A full year of podcasting. 12 whole months, 12 whole months, 365 days. I mean, that's 52 weeks. 
Yeah. That's a lot of life lessons to learn. Lots. And we've learned a lot. We have felt a lot. We have grown a lot. And we just can't keep the learning and the growing to ourselves. And so that's why we continue to share week after week. And we thought it would be fun that for the celebration of our one-year podcast anniversary, that we compile a succinct, go us, go me, for keeping it to five. I was say, good for you. <laughs> I mean, because I could make this a list of 500. Could we go, I was going to say, could we go back to the first family pictures list. I believe there was 30, 30, 30, 30 tips. great tips. We're for making some real great progress folks. family pictures. I'm not even making fun of that. I think it's wonderful. In fact, I recommend you listen to that episode again because it's really good. I think you're going to know everything you need to know. That's for darn sure. <laughs> you're going to need more than you ever needed to know. So in this one, we have narrowed it down and man of 500 lessons that we really have learned. <laughs> 500. Um, you just said 500. I did. No, I said that oh. on purpose of 500 lessons, that, 500 lessons that we really did learn. We have pared it down to five. Oh, I thought you, you meant see 500. Where I was with that? I thought that was a Freudian slip of like, no, five. it was, that, it was a list of 500. I never make mistakes with my words. Just stick true. With me you're here. very intentional. <laughs> very. Uh, let me just be clear. I put my foot in my mouth on the daily. Are you ready? Should we do this? We're going to do okay. this. In no particular order. Let's go. Lesson number one. Life lesson number one, because it applies to you as well. Your B minus, sister friend, is probably better than you think. I think you made this number one because truly this is probably one of the biggest takeaways you have had over the past 12 months. Absolutely. Um, yeah, really big time. In fact, if you want the backstory on how this went... If you go to episode 23, if you missed it, catch that one. Because mm-hmm. Jody Moore, who is a phenomenal life coach. Slash podcaster. We slash love. podcaster mm-hmm. slash awesome sauce. Jody coached us. And we had very, very different things that we laid on the table with yeah. her. And you saw yours coming because you were really gearing up for quite a long time to prepare yourself to be mm-hmm. emotionally ready to even like talk about Discuss, it, yeah. share it, yeah. be coached on it. I did not see mine coming at all. And she went there and you were delighted. I was tickled pink. <laughs> With it the was so good. That she was coaching me and she called me out on some perfectionism. And so that is where the B minus principle was really talked about. And everyone, I mean, even if you haven't heard it, you get what we're talking about. What does it mean? What's the B minus principle? B minus principle essentially is the recipe to get you out of being stuck in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to tie in another episode too. I'm not sure of the number, but when we interviewed uh, Monica Packer from the About Progress podcast, she talked about different kinds of perfectionism. And I think we all have a perfectionist somewhere inside of us. It's just how it manifests itself. Um, So B minus essentially is be willing to start work thinking that it's going to be a B minus and not an A plus. Because when we wait for things to be an A plus, if you've heard me talk about writing the book that's been on my mind for years and years, I haven't done it because I want an A plus book, right? but you're never, ever, ever going to reach your A plus the first time out the gate. And so it's a tactic for getting moving in your life to just say, I'm going to write a B minus book, or I'm going to start a B minus podcast, or I'm going to make a B minus dinner, whatever that thing is. It promotes motion. It promotes trying. And the lesson takeaway is your B minus is probably way better than what you think. I'm going to say that it really very much is. I've really worked through this myself this year, quite a lot, like Becky said, and I could give you a lot of examples, but you know, because we're podcasting right now, I'll just give it an example right here from the podcast work that we've done. I I was very a plus about it, Mm -hmm. the whole, everything about it. And I wanted it. I just, 
did not want to short sell the efforts that we were putting in. And I wanted to be awesome. I never say I want something to be perfect because I think that's just, you not just realistic. want it to be the best it can possibly be. I want it to be, be an A plus. Yeah. I wanted it to be an A plus. And I have, you know, learned that the A plus efforts in terms of like preparing with outlines and making sure certain bullet points and, you know, the structure and the scaffolding is all there. How much have we relaxed on that with many episodes that have been some of the best episodes? That's what I was going to say. That's what I'm saying. As we have relaxed a little bit with having to be perfect with like every single word that comes out of our mouth, I actually think the conversations have become better and more impactful because they're coming from a more authentic place instead of us just like having to get information out there. You know what I mean? I do know what you mean. And so that's an example just from the podcast, but you brought up dinners. That was actually a thing for me this past year is I have such great desires to have a homemade meal on the table every night. And it's interesting because my husband, David and I were talking about this and he's like, I don't think it's really about the homemade meals. Yes. You come from an amazing family where your mom made. Let me clarify. When Becky's saying homemade meal in her mind, I'm going to go ahead and dive into it. I can't even wait to hear what you're going to say. I think and you may even say that you're not thinking this. I think okay. her A plus is like roast and homemade mashed potatoes and homemade rolls with homemade jam and all the homemade and, and perfectly balanced. And it, I mean, that's like an A plus plus plus. That's like a Christmas story A plus. If you know what I'm talking about, the A plus plus. I mean, that is an A plus meal. Continue. Okay. So with that context, maybe a little bit. But it didn't, in my mind, a perfect homemade dinner doesn't have to look like that every night, but certainly like a lot of those meals should look like that ish, ish. Okay. And so the history there is that I grew up with a mom who put a homemade meal on the table every night. It wasn't always roasted homemade potatoes and all the ham, you know, homemade Mm -hmm. rolls. And, but my mom was so good at that. And so to, to her credit, that is my, that's what I was raised with. And so even though my mom wasn't a career mom, she volunteered and did all the things and was the most amazing homemaker and all that. So even though I have chosen to have a career and raise a family, I still have had this expectation, this A plus expectation of myself Mm. that I wanted to provide that for my family. Well, here's the aha moment and how it ties into the B minus is David has helped me to realize that it's not even about the actual homemade food on the table. He's like, what you really care about is that our family is sitting together eating a meal. Absolutely. And he's totally right. That's a hundred percent what's at the belly of this. Yeah. And so my B minus might look like takeout. My B minus might be a, um, that really, that awesome pre-made taco meal from Costco. Costco. Oh yeah. It's the so carnet. good. Mm-hmm. Totally. Guess the street what? Tacos. It yeah. gets on the table. It nourishes my family and we're gathering around the table. That's yeah. what B minus looks like for me. And it, it's life changing because I am a little more relaxed and a lot more intentional and I'm still not perfect at any of it, nor do I aspire to be perfect in this area of my life, but Gosh, darn it. B minus is awesome. B minus is awesome. And I love that David pointed you to what your actual goal is, because I think oftentimes in life we get caught up in the minutia of what we think our goal is. And you were fixating on the meal Yes. when really it was never about the meal. So say you had thrown everything else aside and gone gung ho into making an A plus meal. You might not have actually accomplished your goal, which was having your family have that connection time around the table. Mm-hmm. So being willing to enter a B minus or allow that to be a possibility in your life is going to promote forward motion and it's going to keep your sanity and your health and wellness intact 
while you're accomplishing goals that you actually care about. It's all of the best possible things that could come out of it. Mm -hmm. So that's the Be Minus principle. And before we move on, do you have a personal application? Because you're pretty good with the Be Minus, I think. I think you're already there. Like you've taught me a lot in this year of podcasting and this year of our friendship. You've taught me a lot about just taking forward motion, even if you don't have all the things figured out. Because that's one of our differences that we honor in each other is I'm very methodical and like, hold on, wait, give me a minute. I have to like really like plan and prepare this and be totally like ready. Mm -hmm. And you're like, or we could just take the step forward and and actually just make motion out. (laughs) So I think for me where the A plus holds me back is like I was talking about with things like my book, I get in my own head and I'm like, Ooh, I'm probably not capable of that. Or we were actually talking about this on a hike this morning. I really dislike doing things I'm not successful at immediately. I'm sure many people are like that. I want to be able to put in 100% effort and get 100% result back, and that is not how life is. And so this has helped me move forward in areas, quite honestly, I'm not sure I can be successful in. And it's challenged me um, to redefine what success means to me and also um, how I approach these things because I get stuck in the, I'm not sure if I'm actually capable, but I'll never say that out loud. And it's helped me to move forward. And I think we've both together and separately have been able to create things this year that we would not have accomplished without the B minus principle. Well, and that leads perfectly into the second life lesson that we have both learned and felt and have practiced and that we've shared, but we want to emphasize it here. And that is life lesson number two, movement before motivation. I have goosebumps all over again. Just feeling what this means for me is so, so, so massive. And I know that every single one of you has to relate to this. I want you to think about it. Think about the things that you are not doing because you're waiting to feel motivated to do the thing. Mm-hmm. Now, a lot of people can relate that to actual physical movement, like exercise of some kind yep. or whatever. But Becky, with your book or mm-hmm. going me, back to school, going, yes, going back to school or, um, talking with your husband about the way that you want to spruce up your marriage and do some things different or whatever, like whatever that movement is, sometimes we wait until we feel the motivation. And when I went to Movara, refer to episode 51, when we had Michelle, the owner of Movara, and she came on as our guest and we talked all about movement before motivation. But um, that principle that I really... I learned it there. I felt it there. I practiced it there. The whole principle about moving and taking action and taking the next step and doing the small thing or doing the big thing or whatever that looks like before you think you're ready, guys, like that's it. Just do that thing. And, and I am so guilty so guilty of blending life lesson number one and number two here, movement before motivation, but also that A plus versus B minus. Take something like scriptures. I love the scriptures. I love to read the scriptures. And sometimes I'll go through seasons where I'll skip weeks of even studying the scriptures because I either A, don't feel motivated, or B, I think it's got to be an A plus block of time. It's got to be 30 minutes where it's totally quiet and I'm sitting in my chair and I have my protein shake. And I pictured like this ideal scenario, which is an A plus scenario. And because it's not a plus, I end up not doing it at all. Right. Right. And so if you're not motivated to do something that you know is good for you physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually within a relationship, uh, a goal with work, setting, making friendships. That's another big thing we've kind of been diving into. I think we, we get really caught up in the, in the being ready or feeling comfortable. And really I think comfort comes into it. Moving before you're motivated is uncomfortable. And what we're waiting for is that motivation to 
get us more comfortable in those first couple steps. Dudes, those first couple steps are never going to be comfortable. Ever. Whether you're motivated or not. Motivation (laughs) is not going to take away the discomfort. So you might as well Mm -hmm. start moving. And as you do, what happens? You know, you start getting motivated as you start moving and seeing results and feeling, feeling your way through a journey and a process, you become more motivated to maintain the motion. Along those lines, I do want to add a twist that we haven't talked about before because I really, really feel this. The twist is this. I know that movement before motivation is a solid principle. When you Mm. apply it, girl, you, you can take over the world for sure. And also sometimes the motivation does come first which is awesome. Sometimes yeah. you really do you feel, feel the motivation. Or, yeah. Yep. You feel inspired. You're ready to go. It's equally important to go with that energy that comes with something that you're feeling inspired about. And, um, and before you, and, and I'm twisting it, I'm making it go backwards and I hope I'm making sense. Let me illustrate with a point, with a, with a story starting this podcast at all in the first place. Right. So that was something that it wasn't like taking movement first. It was, we were so motivated and so inspired that it was almost like we couldn't even keep up with the inspiration that we were feeling. Right. We couldn't even like put the words on paper fast enough or have enough conversations because it was so clear as day that we were supposed to do this, Mm -hmm. that that's my point is like, when you feel that super strong energy and that inspiration come to you and it's, you feel like all this stuff is being revealed to you on a very personal level you have to just run with that. Like, don't hold yourself back. Get out of your own way and take that motion. So yes, movement before motivation. And also when motivation comes first, girl, get after it. Go. Do you want to hear something? I do. I'm about ready to drop a bomb that I've never told you. There's something I don't know? Yeah. Is it going to scare me? I hope not. Maybe. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I can't wait. Tell me the secret. And the podcast was one of those things I wasn't sure if I could be successful at. Mm Mm-hmm. And I almost quit. When did you almost quit? Right before Christmas. You did? Mm-hmm. When we were doing well? Well, like we were feeling good about it. We were feeling good about it, but I still wasn't like, I loved it. I love the work, but it was probably like before the holiday season. So probably more like November-ish time. What was happening? Um, because I, did I just did, I got in my head a little bit to be like, can we do this long term? And I got super overwhelmed thinking about, and and it was kind of coupled with, I was faced with, okay, this is going to be successful, Mm -hmm. which means that if I want to do anything else, like if I Mm. want to be exploring these things, I have felt inside of me for so long. Now is the time. And I know that, and it kind of all came crashing down for a minute and was like, do I want to do that? Like it felt uncomfortable and it felt bad. And I thought, I, I don't, why am I even like, why am I even doing this? Why am I bringing this into my life? This is pain. It's growth is hard and it's painful. And, and for a minute I talked to Taylor, I was like, should I even be doing this? Like, Mm -hmm. is this something I really want to do? Because if I go forward now, like there's more, I like, I am accountable to do more. Yeah. And these people um, are waiting to hear you every week. (laughs) And, and that's when I decided to like really get serious and work with, um, a business coach. We've talked about Mike Lemieux, um, and really invest into learning the things I didn't know so that I could do the best job with the inspiration. But there was a minute like where Taylor and I seriously examine, like, do we really want to do this? Cause are we all in or are we, are we not? Whoa. I know. Are you shaking a little bit that I almost quit? I just want to 
bring some casserole over tonight <laughs> and commiserate over <laughs> No, what I want to do is celebrate that you didn't quit. I, I am not totally shocked because I know that you were doing a lot of that deep, deep personal work for yeah, yourself. Cause totally. you're like, okay, I can do a lot on my own. Mm-hmm. And I know that I can, and speaking for myself, yeah. like, of course I can do a lot on my own, but I'm really, really, really glad <laughs> well, that I am you too. didn't drop out sister. Yeah. And I don't, yeah, I am really glad too, but it was scary. It was scary. Cause it's almost like when you start to tap into like the power that's inside of you and when you start to become really in tune with your story, Mm. um, it, it breeds momentum and then you start realizing the power that you actually have and what you could accomplish. And that like the recognizing of your power is almost a little intimidating. Hmm. Like it was a little scary for me. Interesting. And so I had to take a minute and really examine like, can I do this? That's a lot of processing. It was. And I had to move forward knowing that, um, I didn't know what success was going to look like. And yeah, crazy, huh? That is crazy. I've really shocked her. You guys. I'm processing. Also. You're pro- I know. She really is processing. I'm actually kind of wishing I were a fly on the wall of what Taylor would have said. Taylor he, is very I can good. tell you that he would have supported you either way. Oh, hundred percent. That's Taylor. Taylor's That's very good when he's talking about stuff like that because he tries not to have an opinion mm-hmm. and is just like helps ask the right questions to like help me figure it out. He knew that I already knew the answer. Was I really doubting? Not for one second. I just needed to convince myself that I could move forward knowing that I might fall flat on my face in a very public way or uncover some really uncomfortable truths. Wow. I know. Well, I'll tell you what, if I'm going to fall flat on my face, I'm happy to be doing it with you. Let's fall flat on our faces together. Amen, sister. (laughs) And that's great because as we've moved forward, I can totally fall flat on my face and I have found myself someone who preaches about vulnerability and openness that I think I'm really good at that. I've even become that much better at it where I truly can say if I got public backlash for something we say on the podcast, I am a hundred percent in a place to handle that. Like it's not, that's not something that would shake me. Mm-hmm. That's not an invitation for you to publicly laugh me. Just so we're clear. <laughs> no, remember we're but, on a mission to help you grow your Instagram following. Remember? Oh yeah, that's right. Hashtag help this Hashtag grow. Hashtag for the love I need the swipe up. Help Becky get to 10,000. Okay. Anyways. Um, wow. Yeah. Thanks for that curveball, And that ties into movement before motivation because, because I had to move because I knew what I was supposed to do. I knew deep down, um, what my purpose was but the movement was scary because I didn't know if I was motivated to move forward. Mm. And I had to take those steps and figure it out because I knew my purpose. Even though I was questioning all the other things, I knew what my purpose was deep down. Way to be brave. And you could have. What? It's almost like I'm really good at this because that's a great transition <laughs> into our third What's the third point? life lesson, Beck? Discovering and fulfilling your purpose is a journey. That sounds like a lot of buzzwords. It is. So let's break it down. Which is why I sort of like, we've, we've really made an effort to break this down because mm-hmm. we're hearing a lot of like your life's purpose, your journey, you're awesome. Like all these things. What the heck does that even mean? Right. So right. the thing that I kept thinking is, is I kept thinking about my purpose as a job, like a perfect job description of, well, Becky, you were put on this earth to be a doctor. You know what I mean? So you get the schooling for a doctor and you go and do your thing and then you're a doctor and you've fulfilled your purpose. Um, it's not like that. What is it like? What is it like? Honestly, I think that your purpose 
is separate from your identity. And so your identity is, is who you are, but your purpose is not one thing. It's not like one thing you either do or don't do. So you have a happy and fulfilled life or a crappy, crappy or crappy. That's a great little rhyme that we do. <laughs> happy or crappy life. Um, it's many different things over the course of your life. Your and purpose changes daily. Your purpose can change hourly. That's it's, what I was going to say. It's not like one perfect job that as you're questing to find your purpose, it's like this, the heavens open and you have your job. Right. That's just not how it is. And right. I think that is another tactic we use that we get lost in and it gets us stuck because mm-hmm. we feel like we haven't had that moment of knowing like what our life's purpose is when really my one and only life's purpose, if you want to go broad and put it under an umbrella is to be the very best version of myself and to remain open so that I'm able to show up in my life for the people I love and for the communities I'm in, in the way that I need to bringing the things only I can bring. I believe that everyone listening feels very much the same, that they really, truly want to be the very best version of themselves. You don't listen to a a podcast called Cultivate a Good Life and not be that kind of a person (laughs) who truly wants to genuinely cultivate a good life and cultivate a version of yourself that is better than the day before. And what that has looked like for me, you know, we're talking about discovering and fulfilling your purpose and how it's a journey. My journey has been really interesting, especially recently. We've all had an interesting journey, journey, all of us, every single one of us without exception. But for me, a part of that discovering and fulfilling has looked like letting go of expectations from other people and even the expectations I have put on myself, which again, see life lessons one and two, right? So I have a question because I'm thinking as a listener, explain to me like a few examples of like what kind of expectations, because I think a lot of it is internal and things we don't realize we have for ourselves Mm -hmm. and then explain like what are some cultural or like situational expectations. Sure. I can definitely, I can share one thing that is, it seems just professional, but it's very personal as well. There is an expectation or a perceived expectation that everything that I do is about scrapbooking. Mm. Okay. So let's just take it to social media and let's take it to the work that I do. And because I've been doing what I do for such a long time, 23 years right now, I like feel really old when I say that. And I also like, love it. I love yeah. that I've been doing this. That's my a badge of honor. Oh, it's, it's not a badge of honor, but it's like, I guess it is a badge no, of honor. No, it is not a badge you of honor. You have been bringing this to the market. <laughs> no, I'm going to school you right now okay. because it absolutely, 23 years of giving something your all is absolutely a badge of honor. Helping people in the way that you do, don't cry, is a I'm badge of honor. I'm not and you're crying. uncomfortable, but it is. That I'm 23 very years uncomfortable with that. is a badge of honor. It's not a badge. Badge of honor (laughs) badge of honor she's gonna stick that pen right on my chest darn right I am okay so that actually our disagreement on this will play nicely into number four when we get there I love it so much so (laughs) here's why I'm bringing that up because of my beginnings and because of the root of the work that I've done and where I was rooted and how it really was about scrapbooking and documenting I think that I was really, I will claim this, I think that I was really inspired 10 years ago when I started the company. And after I started the company, I came up with a logo and a tagline. And the tagline this entire time has been cultivate a good life and record it. And 
my point in bringing that up is that people or my perception of people, customers and people in our community at large have really expected that every time I was sharing something, it was going to be about the recording it part. It was going to be about the documenting, the scrapbooking, the journaling, the whatever. And I think that's because of what I did. I think they had those expectations because that's how I was showing up. Right. And I was showing up again and again and again because that's what I was inspired to share in the moment. And then as I started shifting and as I started evolving in a direction that really focused more on the cultivating a good life part of my mission and that tagline, some people or my perception of some people was, hey, wait a second. Wait, no, 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 no. You're supposed to show me how to make this layout or you're supposed to give me more templates or you're supposed to. And so when I say that I've learned how to let go of expectations of myself, my point is, because Life Lesson says discovering and fulfilling, I had to discover for myself Mm -hmm. that my journey looked like understanding what I felt like those expectations were, understanding them as expectations, acknowledging that I was expecting things of myself as well. And letting all of it go. And really only, let's go to the fulfilling part, really only fulfilling what I felt was my purpose. Mm -hmm. And what I still feel is my purpose. And guess what? My purpose is constantly evolving. It is constantly. And I'm supposed to be helping people in different ways all the dang time. Just like you, dear listener, are evolving in your journey. And the way that you are helping people and blessing your family and evolving as a human being is constantly evolving as well. We are all living, breathing humans who are going through this journey. And so that's what I've learned. And I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, letting go of expectations, whether they are perceived or real from others or from myself is incredibly freeing. Mm Because honestly, at the end of it, all I really care about is that my purpose and my will is aligned with God's will for me. That's like it. That's at the bottom of all of it. And because I've been better centered with that, I have not only felt free, but I have felt more like I can do better with the gifts I've been given. I can do more. And so that's what it means to me. I love it. I think there is a little fear with expectations that if you cast them aside, that you're going to end up being a non-productive human being that like the expectations are what actually drive you. And I think we end up really boxing ourselves into these really niche boxes of what we bring to life. Mm -hmm. And I think this year, you know, for you, you have busted those walls down and were open and said, okay, I'm here. I'm available. What do you need me to do? instead of trying to figure it out on our own. Totally. And you just ninja kick that box right open and look at all that's coming from it is not just different products and things we're developing, but you're so much more centered and fulfilled in your personal life, right? In, I very in much your life am. with your family. In my entire life. Yeah. And if you really want to get a handle on what this might look like for you, because everything we're sharing isn't even really about us. We're, we're sharing personal examples, but we want you to feel the things for yourself. And I'll just give you the secret sauce right now. Listen back to the episode about vulnerability. Because what Becky proposed in that episode was that instead of the word vulnerability, we're talking about open-heartedness and open-mindedness. And really, that is the secret sauce. If you just crack your heart wide open and just totally be open to what your life could look like and what your purpose is, then that is breaking down the barriers. That is knocking the walls down because you're no longer labeling yourself as this is who I am and this is what I do. And instead, you're like, you know what? 
who knows what I'm going to, what, I don't know what it's going to look like. I don't know what my purpose is, but I'm wide open to whatever that can be. That's where a huge, significant amount of my growth, my personal growth has come from this year is open heartedness. Mine too. Mm -hmm. Is trying to be fearless in that open heartedness because of all the things in this life I can, I know like intellectually and business, I could build whatever the heck I wanted. Sure could. I could start an airline if I really put my mind to it. You I, would do great with that. I true, I probably would, but I truly believe <laughs> I can do anything. Like I'm good in that area. Mm-hmm. I'm good in that, um, being assertive and knowing, knowing my intelligence, whatever I know that. And I think I, I truly believe that of most people, like it, you can really do anything you want to do. It's about doing the right things at the right time. Um, but one thing that was hard for me was being open hearted. And that was my, that's my goal always, but particularly at the start of this year, my word for the year was grace and having grace for myself and grace for others so that I can remain open hearted because being open is true freedom. Well, and that's really what it's about. And think about the opportunities that have opened for us individually and together this past year because of our open heartedness. Yeah. Like a lot of opportunities, a lot of connections, a lot of people that are now on our path that weren't before because of our openness Yeah, to, to be in a place, to position ourselves, to be willing to do the thing, to balance that with our most and more important roles as wives and as mothers, you know, like totally. it's been, it's all about open heartedness. So moral of the story, yep. open yourself up because there are great things waiting, but if you're not open, you might miss it. You will miss it. And we don't want you to miss it. No, don't miss the things. Don't miss the things. Let's open, go. open yourself up. <laughs> Life okay. lesson number four, there is great value in our differences. It's almost as if, <laughs> you know, you're saying we're different or something. Okay. So this is the best illustration of this. What we're trying to say is we know this about ourselves and in our relationship as friends and, you know, co-podcast, whatever, co-whatever, podcast, co-humans, um, that we are so different in many, many ways. And profoundly it makes us, different. makes us laugh all the time. Profoundly different and profoundly the same. Right. I would say the same in purpose of the things we want out of life and how we want our lives to be. Very, very different approaches on how we get there. Very, very different. <laughs> Most of the time, not in, like some things really are similar. So like, let's just give you a practical example. There's a lot of little stories we could tell you, but one thing that's actually a really big deal is that ever since we started the podcast and, and ever since you got kind of, you became a part of this world of like, now you're on social media and you're really like networking with people and connecting with people and really wanting to like explore initiatives and write now write mm-hmm. your book and all these things, you coined it for yourself. You're like, I am in a year of yes. True that. Right? So that's where you were. And this is, think about chrono- chronologically. Hey, FYI, just to give you backstory on year yeah. of yes. Yes. Oh, I, do I know I the I can't believe I didn't tell her. So when Taylor and I had that conversation of, do I quit or do I really go for this? Yeah. That was when the year of yes started. Oh. It's all coming together for you, huh? That was the, we're going to give it a year, give it everything, say yes to everything and see what happens. And what did the yes to everything mean to you? Yes to what? Yes to That I was not going to turn, I, professionally, personally, I was not going to turn down any opportunity to be uncomfortable to do something I felt unqualified to do because um, I felt unqualified for all of it, as probably most of us do in life, um, that I just was not going to let my fear of my abilities or lack thereof get in the way 
of my willingness to say yes to things. So let's think about the chronology of what was happening there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Just walk, walk this okay. through with me. Okay. Okay. So you're, you're saying right before the holidays. So mm-hmm. October, November, whatever. Mm-hmm. So you have this like pivotal moment in your life and in your marriage really too. Cause yeah. Taylor was such a support of like, what do I do here? And I could go in this direction or I could go in that direction. And then ultimately you decided to stick it out, to stay, to do this podcast and to be all in. So you say, it's my year of yes. Mm-hmm. Now let's fast forward a few months. Yes. Okay. Then we move out of the BH office, which right. you barely just got which to like, basically as soon as I said, yes, I'm all in like, <laughs> Becky's like, and we're leaving the office. And we're leaving and the office. It's going to be totally different. I was like, right. okay, all right, right, let's do this. And that's kind of where I'm going with this. And this is what I love so much is that as you're in your year of yes, my anxiety totally ramps up. And as you guys know, because I've shared it on the podcast, I had that very pivotal experience with anxiety specifically yeah. that then caused me to do what? halt the brakes shut everything down no (laughs) I literally was like no to everything no to the inbox no to the social media expectations no to the commitments no to the new initiatives no to the new things we wanted to do with the app no to this project and to that project I mean I literally shut everything down the brakes but I did it with such love and intention it wasn't scary it was, I mean, for a second it was, but when I did it, it was so, so, so intentional. And it wasn't coming from a place of fear. It was coming from, yes, I had the anxiety and I had that experience. And then it was coming from such a place of love, love for my, It was true open-heartedness true is what it was. True open-heartedness. Is everything you were saying no to, or you were saying no to the expectations of what you felt like you should do, or as Becky Higgins, you were meant to do or you felt like you had to do right it was part of my identity right it was sloughing all those expectations and just being truly open-hearted so here she is becky proudfit in her year (laughs) of yes which let me be clear becky proudfit in an all-in place it's a little intense place (laughs) a little much because when i'm it takes me a lot to get all in with people Uh and with things but when i'm all in you can't stop her who run the world right like seriously i go nuts so so just picture being all in in the year of yes but like hyped up because it's becky proudfit and that's her personality and then here's me who goes to a screeching halt Mm -hmm. and so that left you being like um, what's mm-hmm. next for me? Because I mean, of course yeah. we, you guys know we didn't stop the podcast. That was like the one yeah. thing that felt so completely right to continue with. And it felt like, yes, like a hundred percent. That's what we were supposed to do. But the reason we're bringing this up with this life lesson is that we honor each other's differences. I have honored Becky's year of yes. I have honored her and supported her and cheered her on. And sometimes she'll bring things up and she honors me when I'm like, no, thank you. Mm -hmm. And a lot of things like speaking engagements, for example, where I'm like, I support you and you should totally do that. I'm out like not, not right now. And speaking just an example, there's a lot of stories that we could share, but the point of this and the application of it for all of us is that I think that when we look at our friendships, our working relationships, our marriages, parent to child, when we look at all these different relationships that are so, so important to us, it's so important to remember that we are not supposed to think about things the same way. We are not supposed to agree on every single thing. We are not supposed to all be in the year of yes together or all in the halt together. We are supposed to honor each other for where we are and meet the people that we love right where they are. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? 100%. And all the really great things that have come out of this year have not come out of my year of yes or your year of no. Mm -hmm. It's come out of the combination of the bridge between the two. 
is, is the direction we're going moving forward. So in my year of yes, I have learned so many things that Becky has taught me about patience and about intention that I probably could have taken my year of yes to a place of like complete and utter exhaustion and completely depleted myself. And then I would have not wanted to continue past that year, which I burned out, which honestly is kind of a pattern I've had in my life is Mm -hmm. if I'm all in, I'll be all in for an amount of time. And then I'm like, I can't be all in. Like it's too much. Mm -hmm. I, I become like a little too focused. And so that's one thing that has really helped me with your like time of no is that it has helped me to be more intentional about my yeses. And I think um, your time of no probably could have like gone a place of like, I don't really want to be uncomfortable and I need to sit here. Mm -hmm. And you've been able to still move forward um, as I've been in my place of yes. For sure. And my illustration of that going, you know, flipping the tables because you're talking about what I've taught you about patience or stillness, like, cause you know, yes, like, I mean, for sure. um, but then also flipping that around because I've been in such a place of honoring my space and really slowing down and like really taking a minute and all of that. You're totally right. Like I could stay in this place for a long time. I actually could hang out down here cause it feels good. It feels real good. Yeah. I'm better rested yeah. and that is all fine. And I honor that and you honor that. But there are, there are some things that we both feel so inspired to do and it's too early to tell you what, but there are so many good things coming, you guys. So many good things coming and, and the connection here and the way we honor our differences is that I'm the one who's saying, okay, but give me a minute and I'm going to need some time and I've got my A plus hat on and it's going to be perfect. And you're like, um, or let's just like take a step forward and yeah. let's start doing the thing. And then let's make, let's give ourselves a deadline so that we actually like make this happen in this yeah. period of time. And so that kind of takes my breath away at first, because I'm like, I know this is going to be incredible, but I just need some time. And you're like, you need processing time. Yeah. I need some processing time. And so we're meeting in the middle. But right? I think the more we've continued in our relationship in the beginning, when I would have like encourage you to take a step forward, it did take your breath away as, as we're now, um, working together and being really aligned in our purpose. Um, I am learning so much about being more intentional and about, and you're learning stuff from me, I'm assuming that was probably a prideful thing to say, (laughs) but you know what I mean? Now I can look at your face or you can look at my face and it's not even like the lessons you've taught me are so ingrained in me that we're becoming more aligned in how we approach things because we're just really rubbing off on each other. We really are. And the application of this, I want you guys to just internalize before we move on to our last life lesson is that I want you to think about one relationship. Just pick one. We're talking about ourselves because we're sitting here across the table from each other and podcasting. I want you to think about um, a specific relationship that is very special to you. It means a lot. It could be your spouse. Let's go there because it means that way for a lot of people. Um, I want you to think about how profoundly different you are from your spouse. And I want you to think about how you have in the past probably felt frustrated that he didn't see things the way that you saw them, or he's not reading your mind, or he, man, his past has brought him to a weird place. And I I will never understand why he does things a certain way. Yeah. I want you just to kind of take all that, package it up nicely, tie a pretty bow on it, and just like set it over to the side. Put it in your closet on the top shelf. Shut the door. Top shelf where you can't really see it, out of sight, out of mind. And I want you to look at your spouse differently today after you listen to this. Mm. And I want you to look at him, because most of you are women, I want you to look at him with honor and with love and with patience and with celebration. I want you to be so grateful that he is so different than you because you guys were meant to be together because he brings different strengths and you bring different strengths and you are meant to do this together. You're meant to do this thing, this life thing, this family thing, this together thing together. And so 
honor the differences. There is great value in your differences and just think about it differently than maybe you did yesterday. And it is because of our differences. And I'm going to like do a little bragging right now because darn it, I'm super proud of this. Okay. Is because of our differences, our podcast has grown to over 53 countries, over 700,000 listens to date. Um, we have created something because of our differences that either one of us could not have done on our own. We're better together. Better together. And you are better together with the person that you have in your mind right now mm-hmm. than just by yourself. Absolutely. So so thanks for rubbing off my rough edges, pal. You're welcome. And teaching me always. I got you. Um, which kind of leads us into our last one as we're talking about quantifiable data, the love of my life. Life lesson number five. Don't rely on external validators. What does that mean? It means that if we didn't have 700,000, 700, 700, oh, I know it's a lot. Listens in 53 it's a countries, intimidating. <laughs> does that mean that our effort is less worthwhile? No. There could be 12 people listening yeah, and the work would mean the same. Or there could be no people listening and it's just the personal growth we have each had individually that is our reward. That um, is totally reward enough. I yes. love quantifiable data. I know you do. It's annoying. It is. It really <laughs> And I honor Becky. it. <laughs> she honors it. And it's funny because that's kind of my part of my life that I'm very linear mm-hmm. and that Becky is completely not at all. Not it's at very all. interesting. Mm-hmm. And it has been very hard for me if I'm being totally honest in this journey with Instagram and you talk about the algorithm and I spent a lot of time learning from the very best people because when I learn everything and I give a hundred percent I have quantifiable data to support my my efforts and surely the efforts are going to be right. as a plus as or the results Duh. are going to be as a plus as the efforts right is well, that how it that works? wouldn't be fanta- that would be fantastic mm-hmm. but that is not how it is and so I've had to really step back and look at what I was relying on my self-worth for what I was measuring it with and with Instagram particularly I know we've been talking a lot about this we need to stop talking about Instagram numbers but Really, this is the illustration. When you say we, you mean you. Particularly you need to stop talking myself. about <laughs> Yeah, Becky never you know what, talks though? about I it. I love that you're being honest. Yeah. L- look, not everybody cares about this, but Becky cares about it. And so that's, of course, what's going to come out of your mouth. And totally. it's okay because a lot of people do relate to that At the heart in different of it ways. is I want quantifiable data that I am not getting in the way or my lack of ability is not getting in the way of a bigger purpose. That is really, if we're like taking it down to like the studs, that is that is what it's about is I don't ever want to be in a place of not bringing what I need to to the table and hindering a bigger purpose and um, Instagram particularly like Becky started a home account and had 10,000 followers in like five seconds which was amazing that's so great and I genuinely love that account and I'm so happy for Becky and what what she is bringing um, to that account and in everything she does but, but it's have- hard to not see that and be oh, like, no. well, what I had the no. crap? What? I had no feelings about that no, in regards but it, to myself, but I think that um, letting go of the need. It's still hard though. Letting, because, but it's more letting go of the need for the quantifiable data to support your worth is really yes. because, and it's come up in, as I've identified it and we've talked about this before, I've identified it as like, well, what if your kid gets a C? What does that mean about you as a mom? What if one of your kids goes down a path that has some pain what does that, does that mean that you're a crappy mom? What if um, you lose your job? What if a lot of things, these external validators we're using to measure our worth and our efficacy as a human being 
is a really slippery and dangerous place. And so I had to completely untether myself from any external validators, which to be honest, I think I'm doing really good work with that, but is totally an ongoing process because every time I think I'm like, I'm free, then I'm, then I find some other thing that I was unknowingly tying my worth to that I need to like examine and work through. So for example, a number on the scale, just saying. Oh a, yeah, we a had measurement this around your waist, mm-hmm. right? The way the jeans fit. These are examples that I want. I wanted to say, say those examples because I know that so many women relate to that. You can work and work and work and work and think that you're doing so great, and yet the scale doesn't shift, mm-hmm. and you're like, well, what the heck? I'm working so hard. So the external validator is the number on the scale it's or the measurement, the right? Yeah. And so there are a lot of different types of external validators, and a thought that I have on that and what that has meant for me is that external validation is not only exhausting because it really is like when you really think about needing external validation, it's not only exhausting, but for me personally, it's what, it's what got me into trouble. Mm -hmm. Like it really got me into trouble and, and I'm going back now two or three years and it really caused brand confusion for myself. I actually think that sometimes I still am in a little bit of that hazy, like brand confusion, which really who cares because in the eternal scheme of everything, really how much does the brand, you know, but I, but I care about my brand and I'm invested in my brand and I've worked really hard on my brand. And, and so when I say it got me into trouble, what I mean is going back to the expectations, what I thought people expected of me or what I expected of myself. And these external validation points are what brought me kind of some troubled waters waters. And so my focus since all of that has been getting recentered as I rely first and foremost on whether I feel like my life is aligned with God's will for me. And if I feel that the focus brings me joy, then I know I'm on the right track and I will never be everybody's cup of tea. I know that, but that's what has grounded me. And I've mentioned that earlier, but I'm saying it again, because that has been a very huge connecting point for me and understanding what it means to rely on external validators and how profoundly different that is Mm -hmm. than letting those go. That's part of the open heartedness that we were talking about. Well, and we were talking on our hike this morning because I was expressing that post-menopause, I've had to put so much more effort in, honestly, to not gaining weight and I'm not doing anything different. And you've put a lot of effort. I'm probably like doing way more than I did before Mm -hmm. and it is not reflecting on the scale and it totally makes me mad, Mm -hmm. literally. Mm -hmm. And then I have to talk myself down and be like, but I feel amazing. I feel strong. I feel healthy. I'm able to do all these things. Um, And so not having that external validator of numbers and data is really hard for me, but I'm so glad that I'm working through this because I'm finding myself finding more um, emotional self-reliance, which is not something that I would have said I really needed a year ago is like, oh, you need to be more self-reliant because I feel like a very independent um, person, but independence and self-reliance are very, are two very different principles. And I believe we're going to be doing an episode about this because it's something we should. Becky and I have been talking about quite a bit, Mm -hmm. but um, this practice of cutting those external validators and becoming truly self-reliant for your worth is kind of a life-changing thing that I've been going through this year and you've it's been going so through this good. year. It's so good. It's awesome. It's so good. It's good work. So here's what I would like to do. Let me just state those five life lessons again. And then we're going to each share our personal top five favorite episodes that we've done. We do not know each other's lists at all. And I'm so, curious. and that's just going to be a quick mention. We're not going to like dive into and yes. explain each one, but we just want to share that with you. So life lesson number one, your B minus is probably better than you think. Number two, movement before motivation. 
Life lesson number three, discovering and fulfilling your purpose is a journey. Number four, there is great value in our differences. Number five, don't rely on external validators. And remember, this is all in the show notes. You'll see it on the blog at beckyhiggins.com. So we know that a lot of you are on the treadmill, washing the dishes, driving around, on the run, on the hike right now. Don't worry about writing things down. We've got your back. It's all in the show notes. But Beck, let me hear your top favorite episodes of the full first year that we have recorded together, what are they? Okay. So actually when we made this list was a few episodes ago. So I actually have, I'm going to have to decide if I want to add any others to this list. Okay. I'm going to tell you my first one and then you tell me your first one. Oh, okay? sure. Well, so go not back like our forth. first favorite. Oh, but they, just, these are in no I particular order. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Welcome to our tribe episode number one. Oh my gosh. Because I listened to that and the microphones were backwards, but Uh that was our movement episode. That That was our, we don't know what we're really doing and if we're good at this, but we are going to go with that inspiration and move forward, backward mics and all, and just see what happens. And I remember we recorded that episode and at the end of it, we pressed the stop button and both of us just kind of fell back in our chairs Physically and we're like, fell. Oh my gosh, we fell we did back into our chairs, like, yeah. which makes me laugh. Cause now we can record like <clears throat> three episodes back to back. No problem. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> it was emotionally exhausting cause we invested so much of our heart yes. into doing it and to taking the step. Yeah. And we didn't receive that, um, that confirmation that yes, this, this was good until after we listened back to a little bit of the audio and we were like, okay, that went okay. This is good. (laughs) But that episode forever more will have a piece of my heart. So I actually had that as my honorable mention. So I have, I have a list of five, but I will tell you that episode number one, welcome to our tribe is my honorable mention because that was the beginning and we had to take the first step. Mm-hmm. So go us yeah. and go you listener for taking the first step on something that you're scared to do and you don't know how to do it a plus, or you want to do it a plus, but you're settling for B minus because you know yep. that that's how you're going to get it done. And you know what? Back, back, backwards microphones and all our B minus it was what put us in the right direction and I don't think I want to listen back anytime soon oh I totally do I love it because you get to see the growth (laughs) that's true that's really true okay so my first official one again no particular order is episode 46 our faith journey (sighs) is that on your list that was on my list too okay so then let's both talk about it just for in like one sentence or less okay our faith journeys is so, it's so who we are Mm. and we are just not who we are without the faith that we each as individual people have. Mm -hmm. And that was a very raw and very organic and very honest place for us to go in sharing our independent faith journeys and cheer each of you on as you discover and identify and articulate and hopefully record your faith journeys. Right. So that's why it was on my list. I like that one because, um, honestly, as we started this, we wanted, I'm just going to be really honest right now. Okay. We wanted to make this, um, again, we can't talk about our lives without talking about God. It's a huge part of our lives yet. We understand and respect and champion and honor everyone's expression of faith within what they feel is right for their life. And so we never wanted to push our faith or have people feel like we still don't, we were trying to, you know, make our faith, your faith. Mm-hmm. Yet it is something that is at the center of everything we do. And so for me, that faith journey episode was the one that was like really showing you guys that final piece of my whole heart um, that maybe I was holding back a little bit because I didn't want to offend anyone. And I hope you understand that with that faith journey episode, we champion and love 
every single faith and effort you make towards goodness and whatever that means for your life. And also I was so thankful and it was so freeing to be able to share that kind of final um, piece of of my heart. And I know Becky feels the same way. Very much, very much. That was such a special one to record. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay, so that was episode 46. What's your next one? Um, Parenting the Differently Abled Child, which I think we changed the title of actually. Yeah. I think it's called like ADHD journey or something. It's episode 13. Um, we had a very dear friend, Heidi, as a guest on that. And to be honest, I'm not sure we hit the nail on the head with that episode quite yet. We are going to be reapproaching. Oh, parenting a child with ADHD is what we changed the title to. Um, and it was talking about my journey, um, parenting a child with ADHD and sensory issues and the challenges of that. And Heidi, my dear, dear friend, um, is kind of someone who's walked that journey with me. And it is not one of our higher trending episodes, but I will tell you, it is the episode I get the most emails about still to this day. And so we will be doing another follow-up episode um, as we know more and can do a little bit better uh, to that episode. But that one was like super vulnerability for me Mm -hmm. to share that part of uh, my life. And so I love that. And one. it was so good. And it reached exactly who needed to be reached. And right. some of you haven't heard that episode yet. Mm-hmm. So now's the time to go yeah, back and episode listen. Episode 13. Mm. And speaking of being very vulnerable and very personal, um, episodes 37 and 38, totally. I can't, I mean, this list of top five would not be complete for me personally, unless I mentioned those. And they are part one and part two of the anxiety attack that saved my life. Mm-hmm. And I don't need to say anything more. Listen, if you haven't, I encourage you to listen because I believe that the reason I felt very impressed to share the very, very deeply personal experience that I had is because I believe most of you are able to, or have seen yourself in a part of that story. And you've been able to better resonate with something in your own life, whether it's past or present. And that was a really particularly special thing to record a very vulnerable place for me to go. And I very, um, necessary thing that I knew I was supposed to do is share it. So yeah. Love it. Okay. What's your Um, next one? Okay. My next one is episode 21, the power of no, Mm. which is interesting since we just talked about my year of yes. Love it. Um, I loved Becky took the content lead for that one and I learned so much from that episode. And it's one that I've actually listened back to a few times. Um, and it talks about creating space in your life that by saying no, you create space to say yes to the things that you're really meant to do. And that has really been an overarching theme in my life this year. And so really I liked that one's a favorite as a consumer of the podcast. I wonder when we recorded that and I can't remember and I won't look it up right now, but I wonder if we recorded that before or after I read essentialism and then you read essentialism because it was during that time. It was around Mm -hmm. that same time because I'm telling you what, we brought it up several times that if you have not read or listened to the audiobook of essentialism by Greg McGowan, McEwen, however you want to say it, like for the love, make that in your library, put it in your library. It is so good. Speaking of saying no. Okay. I will go and say episode 33, why documenting matters. That's also the next one on my list. It is. Oh, we have something in common. (laughs) So that was really, really special because you really didn't know what you were going into. If I remember correctly, I, I remember that I was being, I was prepared to talk about why documenting matters, but I wanted to ask you a few leading questions that really pulled from the depths of your soul, why Mm -hmm. documenting mattered to you. 
You. And I remember having the conversation and literally we were like, we need to stop. Like we were not recording, just talking in life. And we were like, we need to stop talking right now because we can't be having this conversation not recorded. Mm. And, um, coming into this podcast, I'll just tell you, like, I love this scrapbooking world that Becky was referring to. Like, I feel like a lot of our listeners come from that place and that mindset of wanting to cultivate the good life and record it. And I love them so much, but also there have been some scrapbookers that have had a deep hatred for me. In fact, you feel that way? Well, yeah, they do. It's okay because they perceive that my presence in the brand has been what steered Becky away from some of the things that they don't that understand they expected. that they expected. Yeah. And you can totally listen to, you know, we won't get into the details of that, but you can totally listen to episodes to, to hear more about that. But um, in fact, they called me Yoko Ono one time. <laughs> it was fine. Which when I heard that, I'm like, wait, I don't get it. I don't, Becky I didn't totally get it. don't understand. And I literally had said the week before, these people probably think I'm like Yoko Ono breaking up the Beatles, coming in, changing everything when really I had very little to do with it. But, um, very little. Yeah. so the white documenting <clears throat> matters, um, episode I love because it really talks about my journey in, in industry that I was a little bit hesitant to even like embrace because of a lot of underlying things and and how I've gone through that journey as I've honestly taken our digital courses and and gone through that journey of figuring out how it makes sense in my life and the difference that it's made in my life but the way that documenting for you personally has ramped up in this mm-hmm. past year has been profoundly inspiring oh, profound like really really inspiring so any of you who may still be like I don't understand what Becky Proudfoot has anything to do with the Becky Higgins brand who mm-hmm. has always been about memory keeping I'll just sum it up and say, if you haven't already gotten the sense of her heart and what that means to her, just you wait. Just you stinking wait. Because you're about to be more inspired than you're probably expecting with some things that we are currently developing. Currently in motion for. So yeah, that's all we'll say Get about excited. That. Okay. So Great what episode. was the next episode? So, so we, we covered all of my five, but I oh, am going to include okay. my honorable mention because okay. we had a few the same. All right. Um, I really loved episode 11, Overcoming Discouragement Ooh, with Amanda, Amanda Taylor. Um, and I just loved diving into this real time conversation with someone who has struggled a lot with discouragement in motherhood and then um, womanhood in her being an adult. And I thought it was a really important conversation to start. And I think a lot of people resonated with that feeling of being discouraged and feeling stuck and not knowing what to do next. Absolutely. I it's funny. It. Every episode we're bringing up, I remember exactly where we recorded it. Me because too. <laughs> trust you, me, we are never in the same spot. That it's either darn sure. my master bedroom or your master bedroom or, or my your closet, closet. or yep. a hotel, a hotel, someone's house, someone's basement. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We really get around. <laughs> <laughs> the first episode, the very first episode was recorded with the back, backwards um, microphones was in your bedroom. Master and bedroom. we are currently at this very moment recording this episode 50, what is it? Seven? 57 mm-hmm. in my bedroom. So if I told you that progress. for episode 57, your office would still not be completed where our permanent re- studio would be. Mm-hmm. I think she would have gone into a, like a coma of p- complete despair. Taking a deep breath right now. That One step at a time. office is still not done. We're going to get there. We're going to have a permanent home at it's some gonna point. It's going to be fine. Until it then, is- <laughs> nomads. <laughs> and who cares really, right? right? We pack it all up. Well, I'll just mention my last two because I did not get through my full list of yeah. five. Uh, number four, again, in no particular order, is episode 23, The Beckys Get Coached by Jody Moore. That was also my second honorable mention. Okay. Well, I don't need to expand because we already talked about it. 
Love me some Jody Moore. We do. She's a life changer. Listen she to is. that episode and listen to her podcast mm-hmm. at the end. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. What's your last one? Okay. And then number five, this is a very personal one for me. Building a Business, The Story of mm. BH. So this was episode 18, and this was the first time in my entire life, my entire 23-year career that we talked, 23 career that we talked about that I was able to actually lay out the whole chronology of like, this is the beginning, this is where I went from there, and then this was the next step, and then this was the next chapter, and I was able to not only share the journey that is my whole career and brand, but I was able to share very, very realistic and applicable or applicable um, lessons through that journey that I felt really apply to um, everyone listening. So that's it. Those are my five and my honorable mention, which was episode one, which was on your list. And there you go. Oh love my gosh. It. This is a fun episode to record. I love this like, walk down memory lane. It's almost like we're documenting our first year. It's almost oh. as if. <laughs> are we having good feelings about it? Yes. We very much are. Well, friends, thank you so much for carving out the time to listen as you do and for joining us in this continued conversation about cultivating a good life. Nothing we have said is more important than the specific things you have felt that are personal for you. We invite you, of course, to write down those promptings that you're feeling and most importantly, act on them. We love you. We're cheering you on and we look forward to being with you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Is this about letting the light, the what? Testing? Let the light guide you. No. It was better in a sing song. Oh, you're talking about the cornfields? Yeah, I don't know the song. That's from our review. I just made it up. Oh. (laughs) Thank you for thinking it was a real song. Her name is Water in the Valley of the Cornfields. I like it. I do too. I think she will like that. You're welcome. Okay. How do you like me now? How do you like me now? You missed it, huh? Missed it. What did I miss? Recording my singing again. No, I did not miss it. You underestimate me, and I'm Dang sick it. of it. Sick of it. Sick of your under. You sound good. I think that we sound a little bit better. It's like oh, two. I do too. I can hear it even just in the room. Can you? Okay, the blanket helps. Guess what I like to say? Thanks, Betty's. Thanks, Betty's, for being our sound barrier and the warmth in our home Thank and you in for- our hearts. <laughs> Thank you for absorbing sound and also my stress at the end of a hard day. Mm. Also, the spills my children make on my couch (laughs) whilst wrapped in their Betty's blankets.